Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? I'm doing fine, but we have the same old problems. Yeah. Our government is still spending more money than they should, and they're saying they're helping the poor. Yeah. And uh, just to make sure that the right people are getting the help, they hired 87,000 IRS agents to make sure the loot is distributed fairly. Yeah, that'll <laughs> so, be the day. So we can rest assured our job is being very successful and, <laughs> and more equity into the system. Of course, there's a little bit of facetiousness. I you think know, so. You know. I but think so. I tell you what, and we have room for that because I guess what made me th think that uh, uh, things are sort of negative. U.S., here it is, anti-war, and they're good at giving reports on stupidities. Yeah. U.S. to send three billion dollars more money new military aid to long-term support for ukraine yeah so ukraine must be pretty dog important you know i wonder i wonder how much the people of ukraine really have to say about this i remember they had election you know uh, a few years back and they had a leader in there and uh i hadn't heard that much about ukraine i thought it was sort of settled but all of a sudden uh you, you know, we got involved in a, in, in a conspiracy, and our government, that is, conspired yes. and got rid of the elected leader. And that was 2014. And a lot of people, including us, we date many of the problems and the spending and, and the killing and all going on from 2014. Yeah. Even though that wasn't the first time we've ever done things like that. I mean, we still, we still mention 1953 yeah. when we messed up in Iran. But anyway, three billion more dollars and uh, people trying to justify it, how important this is. This is an important part of the world. It is. It, yeah. it is. It's a crossroad. But that means we should be really wanting to benefit from a policy of non-intervention. That would justify our policy. But they take it and say it's so serious. And, and, and NATO's being attacked by the Russians. And the Russians are stealing the property from the, the property we just stole from, yeah. the, from the Ukrainians. So the, the whole mess goes on. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm sure you agree, that us involvement there, uh, no matter how flowering uh, language they use, it's, it, it's, not, it's not good for us. It's not good for anything else. And even this $3 billion, it's good for a pro war profiteering. And, and I think that that's, that's the big thing. And that's, been, that's uh, been going on for quite a few years in our country, as well as most countries. Well, that part of the world is important, and you're right, but not to us, right? <laughs> because it doesn't matter. And we can actually put up that first clip from Defense One, and this puts everything in perspective. U.S. unveils biggest Ukraine arms package yet. $3 billion, uh, not to be sent to Ukraine though, Dr. Paul, it's going to be sent just across the beltway to Lockheed Martin and Raytheon and the other weapons of war machine makers, who will then reap those profits, their profits are up significantly, and then they will send some equipment over there. Uh, it's a very important part of the world, but not for us. It's symbolically announced on Independence Day for Ukraine, and I think that was obviously for reason. But it's Ukraine's 31st Independence Day, so a relatively new country. As we know, the eastern part of Ukraine has been heavily Russian-speaking and Russian by ethnicity. So we're not talking about, you know, centuries-old country. We're talking relatively new country that the U.S. has tried to 
uh, you know, sort of have as, NATO, as a NATO member to provoke trouble in the region where it's not needed. So this is another $3 billion. Here's a couple of clips from that article, Dr. Paul, to put it in perspective. Let's put on that next one. Timed for the 31st anniversary of Ukrainian independence, the announcement arrived, and here's the clicker, Dr. Paul, just five days after the previous one unveiled a $775 million package. So just three days later, there's another $3 billion. And let's put it in perspective. This is a great next quote, if we can put this clip up. The almost $3 billion package will be the single largest chunk of the total of $13.7 billion the U.S. has announced since Russia's February invasion. Now listen to this in perspective. $13.7 billion just since February that we have spent on Ukraine. And here's back to the article. That total is more than the annual budget of some federal programs, such as the National Science Foundation at $9.2 billion, the Small Business Administration at $1.7 billion, according to Statista. It is larger than the annual budgets of the federal judiciary at $9.7 billion, Congress $6.6 billion, or the Executive Office of the President $0.6 billion. It's creeping up on the budgets of the EPA, $15.9 billion, if not NASA, $24.9 billion. Now, we're not happy about all those government agencies having all those billion-dollar budgets. However, when you put that in the context of we're sending even more than these big government agencies over into the black hole of Ukraine, it's astonishing. Well, you know, we've, we've done that before, and we'll probably continue to do it. But, you know, this whole idea of, uh, of sacrificing for liberty in general, well, I've talked about that, but this is sacrificing American people, yeah. you know, taxpayers and the whole bunch. So people do suffer from this. But I, uh, I was wondering, well, they want to buy something. Well, we want to, we know what they really want to buy and it's, it's, it's a control and fi- financial. But uh, I, w- I would think the leaders in Ukraine would be rather humbled by our generosity and maybe even grateful and say thank you. But generally speaking, when I hear somebody speaking for Ukraine, they're annoyed with us. Yeah. How come you you waited a whole week yeah. before you sent a couple more billion? Yeah. You know, that that's the disgusting part about it. It's sort of like uh, sometimes if you ever run into a family where uh, in a falsely loving fashion, they spoil the living daylights out of their kids yeah. and yeah. the kids be demanding. You see the, the, the tantrums in stores and yep. things like sure, that. Sure, sure. In a way, that reminds me of that well, whole country. Uh, and they're doing that, but evidently they figure that uh, they're they're entitled to this, and uh, yet um, there's not too many people happy about it. <laughs> you know, the, the the sort of sad part about the whole thing is uh, is is that Russia uh, are actually <laughs> they're the beneficiary. So if you don't like Russia, you say, well, why are you well, helping them? Yeah. Why are they doing something? They're making more money than ever before. So it's an unintended consequences, a consequence, and, and they just go on and on. But there is going to be a payment. Of course, we're paying for it here at home because we're inflating and giving this money away. But the so-called alliance that we have and built and really played on Ukraine to, and if that's continuing, to expand NATO. Yeah. You know, in the midst of all these failures, you know, the, the Congress just rolls over and say, oh, more people want in on a gravy train. 
And uh, what it's doing is, you know, when you think of especially Finland, you know, yeah. right up against the Russians. And it's, it's, it's uh, just looking for trouble. And even what we're doing in Ukraine is a violation of the so-called promises and pledges and the anticipations of uh, the post-Cold War uh, area. So we were, we were supposed to hold back a little bit. You know, don't, don't don't put weapons in Eastern Europe or right up against the boundaries of, of Russia. We did it anyway. Yeah. And, uh, they, and then, oh, the Russians, they're getting annoyed with us. I wonder why they're such bad people, you know, which, which is a real tragedy. And the real cynicism here is that these the people pushing NATO onto Ukraine, the people pushing all these weapons into Ukraine since, since 2014, they're not helping Ukraine. They're harming Ukraine. They're the ones. You say that you care about the people of Ukraine. Well, we're the ones that care about the people of Ukraine. We don't want them all blown up for nothing. It doesn't matter if Ukraine's in NATO or not. It doesn't help anyone or anything. They weren't under threat before, and they are now. So the extreme cynicism is awful. But the worst part about it, the second worst part about it, I would say, is that this is money that's literally being flushed down the toilet. But the worst part about it, of course, is all the lives that have died and will die as the U.S. and NATO fights Russia down to the last Ukrainian. And you nailed that very early on when you mentioned that, because that's what it's all about. Well, our good friend Colonel Doug McGregor, who will be speaking at our conference next month in Washington, D.C., and you should get your tickets, he wrote this in the American Conservative, I think, today. Here's a great quote from the colonel who knows a little bit about war, I think, Dr. Paul. He says, the hard truth is the introduction of new weapon systems won't change the strategic outcome in Ukraine. Even if NATO's European members, together with Washington, D.C., provided Ukrainian troops with a new avalanche of weapons, and it arrived on the front instead of disappearing into the black hole of Ukrainian corruption, the training and tactical leadership required to conduct complex offensive operations does not exist inside Ukraine's 700,000-man army. So there's nothing they could do with it, even if they had it. Trusted, trusted person who actually has the military background and the military experience. So you can't tell me that there aren't people, Dr. Paul, in the Pentagon who know this and understand this. this the worst part is they do not care because the gravy train is rolling on by. You know, he, he's taken a position, but he also points out that uh, there's a, some fatigue creeping in with the, with the Europeans and all, and, and that's going to be important because they, they won't get support. But he, uh, he more or less, uh, you know, was early on in analyzing, uh, you know, the whole conflict uh, with the Ukrainians and, and Russia. And, uh, and yet some people say, well, yeah, it's not going so well. And therefore, that's why we have to send them billions more. But he's saying, well, if it's not going so well, we shouldn't have even gone, been, been participating in this coup. Uh, maybe we should change the policy. But uh, so far, uh, you know, I, th I think uh, McGregor's in better shape uh, PR-wise yeah, than he, he was looks five, better. ten years ago because uh, because no, no, not too many people knew much about him. And uh, then, of course, when... Uh, uh, we were working on trying to get him to be friendlier with with Trump and influence yeah. Trump, yeah, yeah. and uh, there was a there was a, a sort of a delay on that uh, that process. But he's still around, and he still gets credibility. And I hope that we can say he's coming to our conference, and <laughs> yes. that gives our conference credibility. I hope it gives him a little credibility yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Well, you make a great point that the argument is well, they're not doing so well. Let's so send some more weapons. And when you said that, it reminded me of our 
good friend, the late Walter Jones, who said, who's going to be the last man to die for a mistake? Uh, and that's exactly what, what this whole thing is. Um, but, you know, this is something that's related, Dr. Paul, because, you know, we juxtapose this for a reason. As we see another $3 billion this week <laughs> being sent to Ukraine, let's put on this next one. Now, this is from Bloomberg via Zero Hedge. Uh, a tsunami of shutoffs. 20 million U.S. homes are behind on their energy bills. So the Biden administration sees fit to send billions upon billions of dollars to Ukraine and 20 million U.S. homes are behind on their energy bills. So that means, right, that they're facing shutoffs. That's what happens. And, you know, that's part of the cost. This is the payment that has come due. And uh, there's going to be a lot of invisible costs that we'll never get to measure. Because when you think about power going off, you know, most hospitals are well prepared for emergency power loss. Because I've been in a hospital, even in an operating room, and the thunderstorm comes along, yeah. you lose your electricity, but you have backup for this. But will every hospital have efficient backup? I mean, if, they're, if there's so much inefficiency, and how long is it going to last? So people are going to suffer from it. And it, it's a sort of another uh, item. It's not uh, literally locked on, but it's a... Uh, it's a lock interference, which yeah. is created, man created. So there will be a lot of suffering from uh, suffering from that. There is a financial cost, but it's also a lot of problems. You know, just the idea. Uh, once again, this came up with lockdown. Uh, what about the people who, who uh, all of a sudden their credit cards can't buy gasoline for their car and they have to get to the hospital? Yeah, emergencies. You know. So there's a lot of interference that goes on there, and uh, a lot of people are going to suffer. And the worst part about it is nobody's willing to look at it from scratch and say how this thing started, what is the main number one problem, uh, and. I think that's what is necessary to solve the problem. You've got to know what it is, and then you have to act. But in this, in this case, they don't know about it, and I think we're just at the beginning of, of the adjustment. And somebody said, how did you know this was coming? <laughs> well, I didn't know it was coming, except for the fact that I know what they have done. It's, it's past activity. It's when you print up and monetize $6 trillion within a year or two, and they, they've done it. It is not like, oh, out of the clear blue, it's like a thunderstorm. You know, in, in three weeks from now, we're going to have a financial thunderstorm. Now, it's not that. It's looking at what they've done. And, of course, it even goes back further. <clears throat> it's when the people accept uh, militarism and the welfare warfare state is really the source of the incentives for this and the un the unfortunate thing for us is that the initial stages is a good deal for a lot of people yeah. and sometimes sometimes the good times last for a long longer time than everybody dreamed i don't you know i would have expected maybe this to uh, play out itself uh, a little sooner uh -huh. <clears throat> but uh, it was sort of uh, an adjustment period between covid and also what the fed is doing but now uh, it, it's uh, it's the f fed Plus, the war's going on, and yet they still haven't really talked about the real real reason this is happening and why 20 million people are worrying about paying their electric bills. And believe me, the electric companies are going to be not in good shape, too. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, well, they're rich people, and we'll pass a law and tell them to give them free energy. <laughs> yeah. that's, what, that's what they do. <laughs> You're right. So, what, you know, like... 
the students aren't paying back their loans. Oh, give them to them. You yeah. know, make the people who did pay their sure insurance <laughs> pay their loan back. Make them pay. They're yeah. doing well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's really, when you think about it and they have the evidence, I say, well, that's crazy. Yeah. And it, it is. And uh, I think a little bit of sanity would straighten out. Come. That was one of the things that pleased me most when I was campaigning. When a, a light bulb would go on, uh, and uh, a student or somebody would come up and say, "You know, that is really interesting. What you say, it, it's just common sense." Common sense. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and there, there is a lot of common sense to how freedom works. But it's sort of people are, you know, have these blinders on. Yeah. They don't want to look at it because the initial stage is you're taking the medicine to, to correct what's happening. Well, as you rightly say, it, it's not complicated, right? It's not. <laughs> right. But, you know, each family struggling to pay these bills and, and to fill up their gas tanks and to buy food, they should be furious when they see this billions of dollars going over to Ukraine and elsewhere. They should be literally furious with their government. Uh, but you're also right. This didn't start in February with the invasion. Uh, it happened before then. It happened certainly during COVID. But I remember in the early stages of COVID, you were talking about some real serious problems on the horizon before they even start. But, you know, it reminds me of the old saying, when you're in a hole, you need to stop digging. <laughs> you know? Well, you know, and if you're into conspiracies every <laughs> once in a while, we think people conspire against liberty <laughs> is that that was sort of their cover. Yeah. You know, because they've never done that before. But they I think they knew how bad the adjustment would have to be. So they made it worse with uh, creating six trillion more dollars. And uh, that was but could you argue then? Yeah. Oh, no. If you did, you were uh, you you were uh, treasonous. Uh, you were a terrorist and and uh, you, you were going to take over the government. You're insurrectionist and, you know, the whole thing. And so they made the excuse. But that was just a, a temporary reprieve. And right now they're they're still searching for a temporary reprieve. But one day and maybe this is what we're talking about today and, and, and not quite realizing that this this is uh, the reprieve isn't working so well this time because it's always the same thing. It's always more government, more money, more regulations and more authoritarians, more IRS agents, more wars. And uh, it, it finally runs out of steam. The empire ends. And uh, and that's what people don't want because they don't want to use the word empire. They want to think about the United States' great contribution to Western civilization. Well, I uh, have a different opinion on that. Yeah. Well, as crazy as the Biden administration is on sending this money over there as Americans suffer, the Europeans are that much more crazy. They're literally, I, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on over there. Let's put this next one up. We saw this on Zero Hedge. This is probably one of the, one of the dumbest people I think on earth <laughs> is the foreign policy chief, Josep Borrell of the European Union. Um, he says, weary Europeans must bear the consequences of Ukraine war as Putin will eventually blink. Now that is a huge supposition because to this point, you know, Putin was supposed to blink when they first put on those sanctions. This will get him, they will bring him to his knees. Remember what Biden said, the ruble will be rubble, uh, but he didn't blink. And in fact, if you look at the next clip, he's, he's, the whole EU strategy is depending on Russia blinking because they're being drawn down to their knees. But put up the next clip. I just did a simple search. This is from last month. Russia's current accounts hit record on surging energy exports. Does it look like he's going to blink? He's making more money than ever. It's insane. It doesn't seem like they have a plan B. 
We're going to go with plan B, uh, plan A, and that's all there is to it. He'll blink eventually. The Russians and the Soviets back have infiltrated our educational system, and they got all these people to start believing in economic interventionism <laughs> yeah. while they were selling stuff and saving their money. Especially China is doing that. Save, they sell us stuff. And they take our junk money and quickly invest it in minerals yeah. <laughs> and oil. And, and they save all that money. And people are always complaining, well, the Chinese won't spend enough money on their military. And uh, because they, that, that makes it uneven. They save their money and spend it on economic development around yeah. the world. And uh, they, they sort of act like, they, they, uh, you know, like they're capitalists. And that sort of, I think, uh, makes them, some of the American capitalists, <laughs> the pseudo-capitalists, a little bit annoyed by, by the success of these countries that are actually investing in things that uh, in the old days we used to invest in. Now we, now we think we have to take it. So we're short of oil. We'll invest. Oh no, that's that's old-fashioned. Old Let's go to Syria. Yeah. <laughs> we, we can get a little oil over there. It's cheap. Yeah, it's free, almost free. <laughs> well, I think we'll move on to the next one because this is one that's near and dear to my heart, and it. And I, I have to admit, I do seize with anger when I when I read this. Let's put on this next one. This is from Rebel News, and a big thanks to uh, Jeremy Lafredo, who who dug into this story and is reporting it and is getting some traction. Uh, hats off to you, Jeremy. You did a great job. Amish farm under threat from U.S. federal government for refusal to abandon traditional farming practices. Armed federal agents, Dr. Paul, went to this peaceful Amish man's farm in Pennsylvania and raided his farm and shut him down. They want to charge him 300000 bucks because he's not abiding by the federal government's decision of what farming practices should be. Okay, under the system we have now, uh, the people who want to do the right thing and they're motivated, I say, well, yeah, there'll be problems, but uh, we do know that some people are bad actors and they might cheat, and how, how are we gonna control this? So we have to have the FDA come in yeah. and police it, and that's gonna make it so much better. But what we're looking at now is the police coming in and closing down uh, people. And you say, well, still, how, how, would you, how would you control this? Well, one way you could control it is if they were selling food that was contaminated or unhealthy. Yeah. I mean, when you think of what they're <laughs> doing, what the FDA does, who, who's getting the healthy food? Yeah. So they say, well, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to check on that. But maybe, maybe, uh, maybe lawsuits would be legal. But right now, you know, if you have uh, lawsuits uh, with, from the pharmaceuticals, we exempt them. Yeah. So we don't allow the market to work. But, you know, there, there will be some. And, you know, uh, and, you know, the whole economic system and the environmental system can be trolled by property rights. You know, what you do and what you do to your neighbor's property is not free license in a libertarian society because you're, you're still damaging property. So, but I, I, I would predict that uh, this Amish village here and this farming group has not been sued for defective goods. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's conceivable because all kinds of things can happen. But when you think about it, when you think about some of the damage done by uh, you know, subsidizing sugar imports <laughs> to, to keep the sugar yeah. flowing and uh, taking care of our sugar beet <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, organization. So we know it, it, it backfires. It doesn't work. And they've been around for 30 years. And uh, it, is, it is really tragic. And it's not minor. 
you know, you mentioned $300,000. Yeah. You know, you'd wonder, um, you wonder what their real motivation is. The only thing sometimes it boils down is some people thrive on chaos. And uh, if they're looking for chaos, they are experts at this. They are really doing a great job of causing chaos from, uh, you, you know, COVID lockdowns and this kind yeah. of stuff. It, this, it, it's such a basic violation on personal liberty and property, you know, to, to come in there. And they, you, you know, they, they wanted to get, get away. One, one thing, one principle I think is so important is the system which is a mixed system now is that you always have the option to get out i mean and there, there there have been times and there will continue to be times where you're not going to be able to opt your kids out of government schools and they've done they've tried it before and this is this this is this whole thing you can't they can't can't opt out yeah. so this is the the one safety valve people have where if the government really messes it up and we'll raise our own crop. Oh, oh, yeah, that's okay. But don't share your don't share your wisdom. And so they try to privatize it and and substitute it. You shouldn't. They shouldn't have to go through all that. But because it's being made illegal, and this is an aggressive, direct attack yeah. on freedom and especially private property. And they're going to pick on the little guy who can't fight back. That's what they do because they're thugs. But the farmer's name is Amos Miller. And what he runs, and I know, I know, actually know this very, very well. He runs a buying club, and they sell beyond organic food to willing buyers who pay a premium for food that's raised in a very, very beyond organic way. And I know because all the years I worked for you, I actually had a farmer. We had a buying club that we bought from a farmer in Pennsylvania. I'm not going to name him, obviously, now at this point, because the thugs will get him. But we bought very, very excellent, top-quality food from this Amish farmer through a buying club, and we were all very, very happy. So this is what they're trying to, to ruin and destroy, uh, happy sellers and happy buyers. They don't like that. But let's leave it uh, to Tucker Carlson, who, to his credit, does a little segment on this attack. And let's just listen to the first 50-some seconds of his monologue last night, because I think he does a terrific job, as usual, cutting down to the bone of this, if we can cue that YouTube up. Here we, here we go. So apparently someone in the department of let's wreck America as quickly as we can in the Biden administration has decided we've just got too much food in this country and the good food is the worst food. Food without endocrine disrupting chemicals must be eliminated immediately. Only wheat thins for you and some bugs. So with that in mind, agents from the Biden administration armed have decided to attack the Amish. Amos Miller, an independent farmer in the old Amish village of Burdenhand, Pennsylvania, found out the hard way. The feds say Amos isn't adhering to regulatory requirements for food production. Again, not enough endocrine disrupting chemicals. You're not using enough GMOs. So with that in mind, federal agents raided his farm. They're demanding he stop farming. They're also trying to cripple him with $300,000 in fines. An Amish farmer. And Amos Miller says he's farming in a... And my blood boils when I hear that, Dr. Paul. Oh, that's horrible. And that means we're going to have to keep plugging away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we get a new supporter every day, that's yeah. one at a time. Yeah, one at a time. <laughs> but, you know, his points are perfect. Yeah. And, you know, I mentioned the property thing, but, uh, and I think uh, 
uh, he, he mentioned, well, uh, how about the issue of religious liberty? Yeah. You know, that, because that was worked in. Uh, I had a mixed feeling about using the religious thing on the, in the COVID stuff. Yeah. It should be freedom for everybody yeah, yeah. and not because you have a, a particular belief. But anyway, the religious factor is there. And uh, I, th- I, I think uh, he also mentioned about the use... They don't use gasoline. Yeah, You'd yeah. think the environmentalists would love, love us, them. Even yeah, love these no. people. And, uh, and, and then uh, they're, they're anti-war, so they're not for uh, burn pits and yeah. all this other stuff. And the, the people who are really showing how freedom works, yeah. and they, they have to be silenced. Yeah. And yet, yet they're asking for nothing other than their freedom. Be left alone. And, and yeah. that's, that is too much for these people who live and die because what they want to live and die with is authoritarianism, that they know what's best. They, they brainwash themselves. They actually believe they're wise and they're helping people. But the large number of them know that uh, the ma- main thing is it's a bottom line deal. And that's, yeah. how the, that's how they make more money. Well, of course, in the military, that's really easy to see that. And the big farm companies. Farm food companies, they probably see how well he's doing. He's too successful. Yeah. If we take you know, that for, for how many how many customers did he have? 4,000? You know, yeah, that, he feeds 4,000 people. That, if they always had to go to the drugstore, uh, drug yeah. well, you go to the store and buy groceries. Of course, now that's already failed. These people are becoming, you, you know, more important. And I guess what I could see them resenting is there's a solution out there. Yeah. We can't allow this. Freedom may break out. Other people might say, why are, why are the Amish people uh, you know, such, so good on the environment and they're eating better than ever yeah. and they spend a lot less money on doctors. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, uh, and yet, uh, it, same, same old story, but I think it's a good example of, uh, of where the problems come from and what has to be done. But it is. It really should make a person sick just thinking about how corrupt these people are. And, and the, some of these thugs that go in and close them down, I'm sure, boy, I had a good day today. I, I arrested 2,000 Amish farmers, yeah. and, uh, and we roughed them up a bit. They're yeah. going to quit plowing their gardens with their horses. Yeah. You know, that's terrible. And it's not just the Amish, you know, people like Joel Salatin, who we know and is a great guy. He, he demonstrates that you can eat very well and protect the environment uh, in the process. And there's a lot of solutions out there, but the government is in the way. Talk, ask Thomas Massey about his, his bills about slaughtering cows and things, you know. Um, I forget the name of his act, but we'll, we'll put it in the link. But I'm just going to close out again with, a, with another announcement we just found out this morning. And I'm really excited about it, Dr. Paul. Um, if we can put out that last clip. I um, just talked to our good friend Jacob Hornberger, and he's going to come along, and he's going to give a talk at our event. First of all, he's a great speaker, as you know, Dr. Paul. He's been there before, Future Freedom Foundation. Jacob Hornberger will be a speaker September 3rd, 2022, Weston, Washington, Dulles Airport. I will put a link in the description to get your tickets right away. Jacob Hornberger, Doug McGregor, Dr. Ron Paul, oh. Jeff Dice. It's going to be a great Cheryl Chumley. 
Um, it's going to be a great event, and it's going to be great just to get together. So we look forward to seeing you there, Dr. Paul. And, and? Daniel McAdams. No, I'm not speaking. <laughs> boy, boy, you, My have lips to are be, sealed. you have to be a radio. If somebody has travel problems or something, <laughs> you're the fill-in, and you have to do it, and you have to give your own talk, too. As long as we have coffee. That's, that's, the, deal. that's the deal. <laughs> All right. No, I, 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 uh, I think today we did mention a few things that uh, annoy us, and... Uh, of course, I still believe that uh, the majority of the American people are still anxious to live in a freer society and a free society than they are in one when the IRS is expanding and people can't even raise their own crops in their backyard. It reminds you of a Soviet system. So uh, the principles are not complex and the results are wonderful. That's why they have to close it down and not let people see it. And that is exactly what happened in the Soviet system. If you even had one tinge of a free market solution, uh, it was bad news for you. So they do not want that. They do, they do not want to compete on a fair basis because I think liberty would obviously stand way above authoritarianism. People would be happier and healthier and there would be a lot more pleasantry in the country and it'd be a lot less war that wouldn't please us all but that's the way history has been but there's no reason why we can't minimize it and move in a direction and uh, you can find some statistics that show that we do but we can also show you the statistics that the military industrial complex and those who benefit are very much in control of our foreign policy and unfortunately very often bipartisan I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the liberty report Please come back soon.